Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 205 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. 205 is a lucky number, and it's going to be lucky for someone today who will win a yearly Ping Skills premium membership. We'll also announce the other four winners of our monthly premium membership. And we've got a big show lined up where we'll be discussing the ITTF World Tour Grand Finals. And for Technique Tuesday, we'll talk about moving out wide. In the questions, we discuss staying relaxed whilst moving and playing with better players. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thanks, Jeff. And uh, yeah, looking forward to a big show, exciting show with the winner being announced. I wonder who it's going to be. Woohoo! Yeah, very exciting indeed. Um, you know what, Alois? I think we should just jump into yesterday's Ping Seals question of the day so we can find out the winner. So yesterday's Ping Seals question of the day was, how can the ITTF improve the star awards for next year? And just a reminder, we've asked five uh, questions last week and the winner of every one of those gets at least a monthly and the best overall gets a yearly alloy. So what do we have much of a response to the Star Awards, improving them, and who's the winner for that yeah. question? Yeah, a few a few responses. Um, we had uh, Shay said, uh, have more awards like the best and fairest, et cetera. Um, yeah, they, I think they've already, they've already got that um, best and fairest one. The, uh, Howard Watson said, do not play... He does not play in any um, ITTF tournaments. Um, he's told the only way he can join the ITTF is by playing in their tournaments. Is it true? Hmm. Yes. Well, you can you can still join their site and um, like their Facebook page and all that sort of thing. There, Howard. Um, and then on the on the blog, um, Dita makes a good point. I like Dita's point. I dislike awards in any sport. The only real award is winning a competition. The only meaningful ceremony would be the one celebrating the winner of the world tour. All the rest is favoritism, hype, or some kind of positive discrimination. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like your thinking, Dita, but it's not really improving our awards, is it? But um, I do like your, your thoughts. Nigel said... Uh, publicise the event and voting better. It was only through this show that I became aware of its existence. And, and also a breakdown of the public versus ITTF votes would be interesting to see a more transparent view. So, uh, yeah, so some good uh, good thoughts there. But today's winner da, 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 is Eugene, who said, make the trophy out of diamonds. What a great idea. Everyone would want to win that. Oh, wouldn't they? Yes. Well, well done, Eugene. Um, yeah, no, I like some of those other thoughts, Alois, but Dieter and uh, Nigel had already been previous winners um, of some of the other questions. Yes. Um, yes. All right, Alois. Well, that's pretty exciting. So do we have a list now of the five monthly winners? We do. So the five monthly winners were Dieter for the first day. Um, then there was Marson, Nigel, Thad, and now Eugene joins the list. So that da, da da da. Congratulations, Eugene. All right, now, Alloys, it's time to announce the overall winner. Who's going to get the yearly Ping Skills Premium membership for the best yeah. answer over yeah. the time? And I really think that Dita on the first day is the winner. Um, Woohoo! Yeah, exactly. Well done, Dita, because um, he he uh, he responded to um, how to make this show better and. Uh, and he said that uh, 
or sorry, not how to make this show better. It was his question was, uh, what was the highlight of the 200 shows? And, uh, and nominating when Brocky beat the tall guy was definitely for me the highlight of the shows. Um, and, um, and also he said, uh, when I, um, tried to pronounce Noitink. I don't think I have it right yet. So, uh, so do there, allies. yeah, so Dita, congratulations. A yearly membership uh, to Ping Skills. Hope Excellent. All right, we'll set those up um, over the next couple of days and email out all the winners. So look out over the next couple of days for an email from me. Congratulations, everyone, and in particular, Dita. All right, allies. Um, while we're while we're asking questions, let's just do today's Ping Sealers question of the day, which is... I reckon, Jeffrey. Yep, I think we should go to the ITTF, um, uh, the World Tour Finals um, first, because uh, okay, because you don't want to give anything away. All right, let's do that then. All right, let's talk about the ITTF World Tour Grand Finals, which are on over the weekend. Alloys. Now, this is the culmination of the World Tour. You have to qualify to get into the finals. Um, so it really is, you know, the pinnacle of the World Tour. Tell us a bit about this, uh, about the grand finals. Yeah, so this year it was a bit better than last year. Last year, a lot of the Chinese players didn't qualify themselves for the World Tour um, grand finals, which was a little bit of a letdown, I think, for me. But this year... Um, the top players all played enough tournaments and qualified, and uh, it really did set up a magnificent tournament. Um, the seedings were a little bit all over the place because they went on um, the number of points that you um, that you got during the year, so not necessarily on the world rankings. But in the end, cream rises to the top, and uh, and in the women's event, um, Ding Ning back on top um, again winning the, the final against Chen Meng four games to two. Um, Chen Meng uh, took out Lu Xi Wen um, in the quarterfinal. So so they, those two met up in the quarters, you know, pretty early for, for those two players to, to meet up. Uh, but Chen Meng beating Lu Xi Wen 4-1. And Lu Xi Wen, you know, a great year and winning, of the, uh, winning the ITTF Star Award for the year as well. Um, so... Um, yeah, but in the end, Ding Ning coming through. Uh, in her semi, she beat Zhu Yuling. Um, so yeah, not not an easy road through. She beat Zhu Yuling four um, one, and um, and before that, Ben ha- Ben Han Ying from uh, Germany as well four two. So um, yeah, struggled her way through, but uh, winning winning the title and uh, and uh, did really well. What a, what a great event for her. Um, and I think, you know, giving her herself a little bit more confidence again, you know, the last few months um, has been a little bit lean for her. So, uh, so Ding, Ding Ning um, asserting her authority once again. Good to see a lefty up there. Um, and in the men's, um, well, what, we, what can we say? Ma Long once again uh, takes out another title and um, now goes past... Um, uh, Wang Li Chin is the the person that's won the most uh, World Tour events, so he's now on four uh, four wins in the World Tour Grand Finals. So, uh, Ma Long, wow! I mean, you know, just caps off such a magnificent year for him. But you know, he on the way. So, uh, first round has to front up against Freitas, uh, beats him four one. Second round has to front up against Ovcharov, 
winning 4-0. Um, then the semi-final, uh, his his old foe, Zhang Zikir, um, winning 4-2. So, uh, yeah, went up 2-0. Uh, Zhang Zikir back, got back up to 2-all, to but then Ma Long closed it out 11-7, 11-8 to take the to take the semi-final and the final, what a final it was. So he fronts up against Fan Zendong who took out Zhu Zin in the semi-final. And, uh, and you know what? Fan Zendong had his opportunities. So um, Ma Long took the first two, 12-10, 12-10, really close. Ma Long, the third, uh, sorry, um, uh, Fan Zendong takes the third, 13-11. So, you know, uh, those first three games all going to juice. And then um, Fan Zendong taking the next two games as well, 11-7, 11-7. So he's up 3-2. He had a lead in the sixth game. He was up 4-1. Ma Long takes a timeout at that stage. Um, He was looking a little bit, you know, tired, a little bit bit low. But Ma Long down 4-1, takes the sixth game. But then again in the seventh set, Fan Zendong, he was up uh, up three or four points um, in the seventh set. Um, I think he was up 6-2 um, and, and then 6-3 takes a timeout. Um, so Fan Zendong took a timeout and Ma Long comes out after Fan Zendong's timeout and takes the next seven points to go up 10-6. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Ma, Ma Long's so strong. Um but then, you know, I mean, Fan Zendong still came back, got up to nine and a huge point at 10-9, but Ma Long again, um, the winner. So, yeah, really good event. And um, Ma Long just staying ahead, but really um, a fitting winner for the World Tour Grand Finals because he's had such a magnificent year. Yes, yeah, so what an impressive uh, year from Ma Long. Now, do you think, and maybe we can talk about this a bit tomorrow when we answer the Pink Steelers question of the day, Alois, but, you know, fans and Dong, is he technically there and just needs to work on the mental side to match Ma Long? Yeah, I think, you know, when, um, when, you, when you have leads like that um, in both the sixth and the seventh sets um, and have the chance to close out, technically, uh, you know, physically, you're, you're there. I mean, it, it's just a matter of, you know, can you can you be strong enough? Um, so, yeah, he's getting pretty close, but... Okay, excellent. Now, Alois, I just... I think now we can move on to the um, Pink Skillers question of the day, and this is why you wanted to leave it. It is, can Fan Zendong close the gap on Ma Long by the Rio Olympics? So, um, yeah, jump onto our Facebook page or onto the blog to let us know, do you think Fans and Dong can close the gap on Ma Long? Love to hear your thoughts. All right, Alois. Um, now, I think let's move on to, because um, it's Tuesday, Technique Tuesday. And today we want to talk about moving out wide. What do we need to know about this technique-wise? Yes. So, so moving out wide is an area that, that um, a lot of pe- people get a little bit tied up and, and, um, and struggle with. Um, so when, when we're moving in table tennis, basically we're moving sideways as much as we possibly can. So we've got um, a nice side uh, jumping going on so that we're always facing towards the table. But there is one um, situation when 
we can break out of that. And that is if the ball is really wide. So if the ball's really um, wide out um, on your forehand side, sometimes you just haven't got enough speed to be able to jump across sideways and reach that ball. So what you need to do is basically you're breaking out into a run. So instead of the sides shuffle, you're going to uh, drag your left leg across. So here you're going to drag your left leg across and then basically run to get the ball. So um, you'll see the, the better players do this really well and they really kick their left leg up and over um, to make that uh, first giant step to get enough power to, to reach that ball. And as they make that first running step, they're also getting prepared and then making that um, ball from out wide. So it's, it's okay. a difficult... Yeah. So is yeah. that shot... So as you make that first big step, you play the shot or, or do you take more steps? Yeah, it's usually with that first big step, you can reach it. Um, but yeah, it, if you can if you can reach it with that first step, um, you usually do. So um, it's really that first big running step that that gets you enough um, speed and and, um, and uh, distance to to reach that ball. So you're here, and basically you take a big step there, and then you you you're out there prepared and make that forehand shot. Um, it's called the running um, footwork. So yeah, or the crossover footwork. Excellent. Now. It does sound a little tricky because with the forehand, you've got to twist and you kind of, for a right-hander, you're kind of twisting to your left. But because you're crossing over, you, you, that twisting is a little bit more difficult. Um, it is. But it's, I guess it, that's just practice. Yeah, it's, it's a real coordination thing as well um, because, yes, as you're, as you're taking that big step, you're twisting and getting in position and then making your forehand. Um, I remember very, very clearly when I was 16 years old, I trained in Japan at um, Senbongi uh, High School there for a couple of months. And I think in that two months, I probably practiced my uh, crossover footwork um, every single day. So they had me doing that crossover footwork and boy, it was tough. But um, yeah. I um I practice that and just to get that coordination and I remember remember the other players you know who I got on with really well you know really um giving me a good uh, ribbing because I just wasn't getting it for the first you know week or two. There you go, but it goes to show you know dedication, determination, and practice, and you can uh, overcome these obstacles. Absolutely, yes. But uh, yeah, so have a look at that um, that lesson that we've got. It's a premium lesson, but um, yeah, so it's um, it's something that you can just get a feel of and, and see if you can get the that crossover footwork right. And so, just quickly, Alice, what is a good way to practice that? Yep. So um, the Falkenberg footwork's good. So the Falkenberg footwork is where you do. Um, a backhand from the backhand side, a then you pivot and play a forehand from the backhand corner and then get your partner to block that next one really wide and fast out to you um, on the other side. Or you can do it with multi-ball. So do the, the Falkenberg drill with multi-ball and that helps you to, to get that, that next ball out wide a little bit quicker. So one, two, and then um, get them to feed that third ball wide and fast out to you to try and get that third ball. Excellent. All right. So, yeah, everybody, see if you can uh, have a think about this wide um, footwork, moving out wide, and um, practice the, uh, the running uh, forehand footwork. 
All right, Alois, um, we can't go on any longer without talking about this day in history. Oh, how did we forget, Jeffrey? Um, we didn't yes. forget. We just put it to the middle of the show where everyone would be most excited. Uh, of course, of course. Um, on this day, it's not really a good one. Um, on this day, 2001, the Leaning Tower of Pizza, no, the Leaning Tower of Pisa was reopened um, because they had to correct the lean. Yeah, it was leaning too much. It was going to go kaboom. It was going to fall over. Didn't have good balance. Couldn't move out wide properly with the crossover footwork. Was just going to lean and fall. Balance is so important, Jeffrey. Well said, Alois. I like it. I love how you've incorporated that. And um, in one year's time, Alois, you can say on this day in history, Dieter won the yearly Pink Seals Premium Membership. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> All righty. Um, now, we've got a couple of questions, Alois. So first up, while I'm reading the question, just get your thinking cap on. Eugene says, how can I stay relaxed when I'm on the move? When doing footwork, my strokes become very tense. That's why I'm very inconsistent when doing footwork drills. It's very hard for me to relax when moving. Do you have any tips? I've got my thinking cap on. <laughs> oh, um, excellent eugene you're in for a um you know good answer now um yeah so so balance and footwork are so important you know you, you really need to just make sure that you um uh, when you're when you're moving that uh, that you're staying balanced and relaxed and um th- this um staying up staying up vertical is is really key so if as soon as you start to lean one way or the other then um, things get really difficult when, with your balance. So practicing practicing that movement is is critical. You've got to just practice and practice and practice doing the moving here, moving there, so that it becomes really natural. And then once once you become natural and staying balanced, then it is a little bit easier to relax when you when you're making your movement. You know. Um, when you first start doing your footwork movement, the first thing that happens is that your bat goes out out here and because you're, you're panicked and you're, and you're worried about getting to the ball in time. So you reach out here like that. And as soon as you reach out, you can see that you, um, you lose your balance. So it's about just staying nice and balanced when you're, when you're playing. Um, and that only comes with lots and lots of footwork drills. Okay. Now, when you say stay vertical, it makes me kind of think of, you know, staying like a pencil and being really straight, but that's not what we're talking about, is it? You, you, you mean your head's got to be nice and vertical, but to help that, you need a nice wide base. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So, yes, your, your legs are wide, but your, your core and your head is, is over um, your core here. So as soon as you do this, then... Um, yeah, then you're then you're going to tipple over. Yeah, you're right. That base does need to be really wide, um, and and so then you know once once you're wide, once you, once you're in position, then you're relaxed, and then those strokes can start to flow as well. So um, yeah, again, when we talk about if you're moving, if you move here first and then try to play your stroke, your stroke becomes all over the shop. So yeah, balance is the key. All right. So, um, again, Eugene, is there any ways he can practice this? Is it good just to practice, like you said, um, footwork without even a ball, just kind of 
pretend you're playing a forehand from one spot, then move over and pretend you're playing another forehand and just kind of repeat that? Is that effective? Yeah, so some shadow play footwork is is really effective. Um, so without a ball, just get uh, get out there and do forehand, jump across, forehand, jump across, forehand, or backhand, jump across, for, uh, forehand. Um, so just making sure that you're, you're feeling... Um, that balance and also feeling relaxed. So, so as you get there, there's that little stop, that pause, and then play your stroke. Move, stop, pause, and play your stroke. So doing it that slowly, um, again, gives you time to just um, feel the relaxation in your, in your strokes as well. So yeah, that's a, that's a great, great way to do it with, um, with shadow play. And then the next step up would be even just to, um, either get your partner to bounce the ball to you. So bouncing the ball, um, you, play a, you play a shot, he catches it, you bounce it to the next spot, you move across. So you've got plenty of time to do the movement, to feel the balance, to feel relaxed, play your stroke nice and relaxed. Um, and then you can start to get them to block to you nice and slowly again and then build it up with speed. And you can, all, you can do the same thing with multi-ball. So feed the multi-ball out really slowly um, to give... Uh, plenty of time to make the movement and the stroke as well. Excellent. All right. Well, good luck with that, Eugene. Um, We do have a video on breaking bad footwork habits, um, which does demonstrate some of those techniques, Alice, of throwing the ball. So I'll put a link in the show notes to that as well. So good luck, Eugene, on improving your footwork. Okay, next up, Yap asks, does playing with better players help me to improve my skills? And why? He says, they did not teach me anything. Ah, yep. It's it's not about what they say. It's about um, what they do. And it's about... So when you play with a better player, they're giving you a better quality ball um, to uh, to deal with. So um, table tennis being a, an interactive um, sport where you rely on the ball that's coming to you, um, playing with a better player sometimes can be can be beneficial because otherwise you don't get the opportunity to face that quality of ball, you know, that fast top spin or um, the accuracy and the, and the speed with a, with a backhand block or whatever it is. Um, And also they can be a bit more consistent when they're feeding to you. So yeah, utilize that opportunity. It's not, they don't have to tell you things. It's about just them providing a better quality ball for you to, uh, to deal with. Um, So yeah, it's great. But, you know, I also want to say that you don't always have to practice with players that are better than you. That's a really important point. People often get really hung up on, oh, I, I couldn't, I can't improve because um, I, I'm playing with players that aren't as good as me and whatever. Like whoever you practice with, whether they're um, the same as you, better than you or even a lot weaker than you find ways to utilize their skill to um to aid your practice so whoever you practice with you can practice effectively and put in um put in a good training session yeah that's a good point alice um now one just one other point on how playing with better players can help you i find alice that when you're playing someone better you can um pick up things about their technique um, they're better than you for a reason. So, you know, just by watching them play their forehands and backhands, hopefully you'll pick up something and start to improve your own technique. So I think that's another way you can uh, 
and learn from better players. Yeah, that's a really good point, Jeff. You know, in watching, just watching and, and experiencing those better players and being in the same room as them um, definitely gives you good images that, um, that sink into your head as well. Excellent. All right, Alois. Well, it has been a big show um, and a lucky show for um, Eugene and Dita. So um, congratulations to all our show winners. Do we want to read them out one more time? Yep. So Dita, Nigel, Marson, Thad, and today Eugene. Um, and the yearly winner was Dita with the yearly premium membership. So, yes, big congratulations to all our winners. Uh, thank you, everybody who participated, and thanks for watching the show today, and thank you, Alois. Yep, thanks, Jeffrey, and uh, we will see you tomorrow. And, yeah, have a think about, do you think that Fans in Don can close that gap? All right. See you, everyone. Bye. <laughs>